When we moved out here, we we registered our cars almost immediately to get the license plate <laughs> off, just in case. And then it's we joked because you know one of our cars is a Tesla. It's like oh they're gonna know we're from California, but we live on the border of South Lake, and it's like everybody has one. There's like five people in our neighborhood <laughs> that has one, so it's like all right. Well, I guess we kind of fit in. Texas population has eclipsed 30 million. That's according to data released by the U.S. Census Bureau last month. The only other state in the country with more people? Yeah, it's California. And a 2021 study by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M found that one of every 10 of those new Texas residents is actually coming from the Golden State. When people say, don't California my Texas, they're in a sense saying that people coming from California might bring California ways, California cultural tendencies, California voting patterns. That joke goes around and, and I don't disagree with it, but I think it's a little bit more like exaggerated. I'm sure some people might have run into some issues, you know, depending if you're a little bit more in the rural areas, but around here, no, nobody, nobody had any issues with us coming from there. And honestly, they weren't surprised. I'm Bailey Friday and Texas wants to know what is driving people and businesses from California to Texas? I would think that we would kind of take it as a compliment. Like this is a nice place to live. People want to be here. So why are Texans so upset about Californians coming here? There's a rational factor and then maybe a not so rational factor, uh, Bailey. I think the perfectly rational factor is about the housing market. It is about the fact that uh, housing prices are generally about supply and demand for housing. And the huge influx of people from California and elsewhere in the United States has increased demand for housing a lot in our Texas cities. And while we've done a better job than most places in creating new housing supply, nonetheless, demand has kind of been outstripping supply. Dr. Cullum Clark is the director of the Bush Institute SMU Economic Growth Initiative. The not so rational argument is that uh, when, when you talk about people saying, don't California my Texas, uh, is that people coming will dramatically change the culture of Texas or change the political patterns of the state. And the evidence just isn't there yet. This migration trend is not really a new thing. According to that Texas Real Estate Research Center report I mentioned, California has been the top state from which people have moved to Texas for 19 of the last 20 years. So how has the pandemic affected migration patterns? Well, it actually accelerated patterns that were already underway. So why is that? The pandemic caused a lot of people to, to rethink, like, what, what do I want in my career? What do I want where I live? But, you know, it caused a lot of great big rethinking. And the net results of all that, you know, it was a big experiment. You didn't know how it would work out. Could have been a whole lot of people would say, at last, I can leave my medium-sized city in the Sun Belt or the Mountain States and go to live in Manhattan or Brooklyn or San Francisco like I've always wanted to do and work remotely from there. But that, but of course, exactly the opposite happened when people actually had more ability to, you know, to move and work remotely and they did some rethinking. The net result of all that was it accelerated long-term trends of people moving away from the biggest metropolitan areas of the coast 
and towards places in the Sun Belt and in the mountain states. That certainly includes the biggest metro areas in the Sun Belt, like Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, and Atlanta, but it also includes a lot of more mid-sized places. The highest number of Californians moving to Texas come from Southern California. Clark says that's partly because it's more populated there, more populated in the Bay Area, at least, but that's not the only reason. I think if you compare San Francisco to LA, and particularly the the broader metropolitan areas, you can say that San Francisco had a pretty powerful countervailing tendency, which is that the late teens and 2020, 2021 were actually a period of pretty fantastic growth for the tech sector. San Francisco and the Bay Area are the center of the tech sector. So they had a, a really good positive tailwind from that, even though they had a headwind from ridiculous housing prices and a great many other problems. LA didn't have as much of a tailwind. You know, they're not a tech center. They didn't have any one big industry that actually experienced a huge boom over these last several years. I think that the big pattern, in in a sense, that uh, sort of is maybe the the biggest driver is just people are moving towards what they think of as good places to live. That's a very uh, simple way of saying, maybe it always was so, but what does that mean in the 2020s? I think it means some degree of reasonable affordability. Doesn't mean cheap. Successful places aren't inexpensive places to leave, but at least it means kind of manageable. Texas has a gigantic cost of living edge over California. I think other aspects of being a nice place to live include, is there reasonable public safety in the city that you're, that, you're, that you're living in? Do you feel like you can find schools you want to send your kids to if, in fact, you have kids? How about the amenities of the place, just the things that make life fun? I think that when you add up all those factors, the big metropolitan areas of Texas are just hugely outperforming the big metropolitan areas of California these days. When you come from a place like California, especially LA, your idea of what's expensive is skewed. Aliyah Lyshik lived in California for 15 years before finally making the move to North Texas in 2021. So we huh. went from living in an apartment in a very nice, what well, was a very nice area. Again, we were on the border of West Hollywood, Beverly Hills. It was a pretty high-end area at the time. We got really lucky with the place that we ended up finding. So when we moved out here, we bought a house. Expenses definitely went up which was understandable. I mean, there's no income tax out here. So you get some some of your money back. Uh, We don't really have to we don't have gas powered cars. So we don't really have to worry too much about that or mine's a hybrid. So we don't really drive anywhere. We don't have to worry so much about that. But overall, the the cost of living from our standpoint is lower, even though we pay we our expenses are higher, you get more for it. And that's a big difference between here and California is you're paying so much in tax for so many things there, but you're getting nothing in return. Lyshik says her Californian boyfriend took some convincing to check out Texas, but they did wind up here in spite of the timing of their first serious visit. We came out during the 2021 storm in February and uh, he loved the snow. He loved the cold. (laughs) I was like, I don't know about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We ended up having to evacuate a couple days early, catching the last flight on that Sunday to get out of there after a five hour delay. And he's like, I'll go back and check check it out again. So we came back out in June of 2021. Uh, He found Grapevine. We were kind of exhausted from living in the city. LA is very tiring. New York too. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of changes, not for the positive. And we just, uh, we didn't see the same thing in Dallas, but we just thought, okay, you know, it'll be nice to have some space. We have some dogs. We wanted a yard. We do miss being able to walk to some places, but we just, um, 
it's a walkable town. Uh, it's even though it's a little bit further to get around, but it, we just kind of fell in love with it. We enjoyed the people. Everyone we met here has been wonderful. And so we we're like, all right, I guess this is it. And it's really not just people. I mean, businesses are moving their headquarters to Texas, too. Company after company has been relocating from California and other places to Texas. In general, Texas is a very, very good place to do business. California is a very difficult one. When you talk to companies about why they're moving, generally, the single most important reason they give is because they want for their employees to be able to afford a home. Some of the big name moves include Oracle and Hewlett Packard Enterprise moving to the Austin area. And of course, you've got Charles Schwab to the Fort Worth suburb of Westlake. Last month, Boingo, which builds and manages wireless networks, you may have actually seen its name at an airport somewhere, announced it was moving its headquarters to Frisco. KRLD's David Johnson spoke to Boingo CEO Mike Finley on CEO Spotlight. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that uh, we're so excited about has been everybody's been so welcoming. And, uh, you know, throughout the process, it's just been great to get to know a number of people. You know, you expect certain things from a business uh, environment and opportunity. And obviously, there's a lot of stats and figures for employees. But uh, the people and the welcoming of the people from uh, uh, Dallas and Frisco and North Texas has just been amazing. When you relocate, what are you bringing here? Is that is this the marketing and, and sales part of it, or is this the technology also? Yeah, we're going to uh, bring um, our, you know, our this will be our headquarters. But we've learned throughout uh, COVID, David, that, um, you know, obviously people working from home and working remote, uh, when we've got the chance to uh, and had the chance to have our teams together and people together, we're just always better and uh, it's much more collaborative and employees really like that. So we, uh, we're obviously we're going to keep our office in LA. It's a great market, the big market for us. We have our office in New York at Rockefeller Center. We're in Chicago. Uh, we just o- opening an innovation center in Las Vegas uh, here uh, at CES. And then uh, in Frisco and Dallas, this hub, which will be our headquarters, will have primarily uh, our engineering and operations teams and you know, accounting, finance, marketing, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring some people, uh, but we'll also uh, you know be growing the business and be growing it in Frisco. So you have this contract with the PGA, which of course is very high profile relocation here, and you won't be far away from them in Frisco. Was that the allure to Frisco, or is it? Uh, but I would think the star would be kind of a fun place to office. A brief crash course here on Frisco businesses. The PGA announced its move to Frisco from Florida in 2018, while the star is the multi-use development surrounding the Cowboys' practice facility. Okay, carry on. Well, it's going to be a fantastic place. I mean, what, it, we looked at a number of different places, uh, but Frisco and, and uh, Dallas, and then the star as an office complex was really made a, a very easy decision. Clearly being uh, with the Omni PGA there in Frisco, uh, we were familiar with the area, but, um, you know, the Frisco EDC and Mayor Cheney and uh, all the the team there that uh, really brought forth all the great benefits and then the ability to work at the Star or with the Star. And we're going to be in their new facility at 17 Cowboy Way, and you know we'll be one of the first tenants in there, uh, hopefully here sometime this summer. So we're very excited. And you know the area there. I mean, there's just there's so many things going on. Yeah. Uh, 
in Frisco and specifically at the Star. So our employees are you know, really going to find it. Yeah, I, I would think it would it'd be a little easier for people to want to take a meeting with you. Uh, not only are you in the center of the, center of the nation, but uh, they might want to pay a visit and, and see your offices at the Star. Well, we certainly hope so, and that's our part of it, obviously. And uh, you know, there's there's just so many great things there. So we'll have a lot of opportunities for that as we go forward. People do self-select to a certain degree. Like, i.e., the people leaving California are not just a random assortment of Californians who ha- who happen to draw the straw that said move to Texas. They're people who chose to go live in Texas, uh, maybe partly because they like what they see in Texas. Oh, yes. Politics, lifestyle, those are some of the first things that come to mind when we hear the phrase, don't California my Texas. Personally, I'm a Texan. I was born and raised in Texas. I don't have any issues with Californians. In fact, I have family that lives in California. And I tell you what, they seem to be a little obsessed with Texas. They really like it down here. They're good people. I'm not going to gatekeep my awesome state from anybody else, you know? So clearly at the moment, the big question is whether uh, policy changes by the Texas state legislature, particularly on hot button social issues, abortion and other issues that are on people's minds, will be sufficient to actually cause some meaningful number of people to move away or to not move here who would otherwise move here. We don't know. So far, the evidence doesn't support that hypothesis. We just can't see it in the numbers. Uh, we also can't see it in the in the form of like corporate relocations. I will tell you if and when the day comes when a major Fortune 500 corporation announces that it's moving its headquarters away from Texas to a blue state location and basically cites the idea that the kind of people they want to employ just aren't willing to live in Texas. And so they need to go to where those people are willing to live. That'll be a, a gigantic piece of news. But it, it, it's, you know, so far, it's the dog that didn't bark. It hasn't happened. On that note, I do know some people who left Texas because of the politics. And that's the crazy thing. They loved the state. They loved where they lived. They owned a house, but they felt like they just could not deal with the leadership anymore. So they sold the house and they moved up north. We also don't have the evidence from polls that people moving in from California actually are more likely to vote blue than the people who've already been in Texas a long time. It's just the evidence doesn't support it. Actually, this is going back in time but it's the most recent election for which I've seen data. When we had a Senate election between Ted Cruz, the Republican, and Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat, then polling did show that actually Ted Cruz polled better among the people who had moved to Texas fairly recently than among the people who had been in Texas for a very long time. Actually, the reverse of that prediction happened. Just in case you're new to the state and didn't know, the 2018 U.S. Senate race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke was one of the most expensive and high profile in Texas history. In fact, O'Rourke set a then record for a U.S. Senate race by raising nearly $40 million in a single quarter. Cruz held on to win by 2.6 percentage points. And keep in mind, a Democrat has not won statewide office in Texas since 1994. You know, like I mentioned earlier, a reasonable argument as to why that might be would be that people in California are self-selecting. The ones who actually choose to go to Texas know what they're getting into when they go to Texas, and they like the way Texas is, which may not be the case for all Californians, but it may be the case disproportionately for the ones that move away. It's frustrating to be in a place to watch people vote for the same, you know, just to continue on with the same problems to make things worse. You know, you can live through it. I 
owe California and particularly LA, you know, for my career, for, for, it's a place where you really have to grind where you really have to push yourself. There's no handouts for newcomers. <laughs> if you're there and you're single and you're on your own, um, you really have to grind to make things work. I appreciate the push that I got from that, but the issues that, and, and they are political issues, the safety, the homeless, the, you know, the, the ta- the ever increasing taxes, it's definitely, it's hurting a lot of people. Lyshik said it really wasn't just affordability and politics that factored into her decision. She says the summer of 2020 and the pandemic restrictions really took a toll. We were right in the middle of the protests and riots. And I remember sitting on my roof watching plumes of smoke come off Melrose and Beverly Hills. And I was just like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Like the cost, you know, while we were fine, it was not worth you weren't getting your money's worth, so to speak. And you couldn't really go anywhere. It's very overcrowded. Once you get to where you want to go, you don't want to be there anymore. You hate the people you're with. It's like you're stuck in this little bubble. I don't have anybody who, you know, looks at Texas and just is like, why would you move there? I mean, there are some some social aspects of the state that have cause some tension, of course. But wherever you move in this country, nowhere is going to be perfect. It's, it's going to have its issues. Lyshik says she doesn't expect to be the last one to make the move to the Lone Star State from the West Coast. I mean, I talk to people all the time. There's a lot of people who are from, you know, either Austin area or Houston area who moved to L.A. who are now slowly making their way back here. So there's more coming. (laughs) Can Texas housing and infrastructure in its major metropolitan areas, will it be able to keep up with the population growth? In the near term, I'm pretty bullish on the ability of Texas infrastructure to keep up with the population growth. Let's come back to the longer term in a moment. In the near term, I think kind of an underreported story is that Texas, the Texas build out of infrastructure, particularly into suburban and exurban areas and the major metropolitan areas, is a success story. Now, longer term, let's say let's go out to the 2030s, 2040s and beyond, uh, you know, things that become a lot more speculative because the whole pattern of growth in Texas metro areas has been much more horizontally outwards rather than vertically upwards. Uh, our core cities aren't really becoming denser. Instead, we just build ever further, you know, north and increasingly in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we have increasingly build out in every direction. And, you know, and that sort of points to a future, Bailey, in which we will have what's already a like very big metropolitan areas in Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston. In physical extent, they're already bigger than quite a few states, will be a whole lot bigger still. And I don't think we really know what it will be like to try to operate what is in effect like a single integrated labor market and goods market at that scale. At some point, are there some laws of physics that take over and start to turn the place, at least from a congestion point of view, into something more like Southern California? What I hear from a lot of people who say, don't California, my Texas, is that they're not wanting to change the culture of the state. They like it here. They like the people here. They like that good old Southern charm, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people from California are actually coming here to get that. So they're not necessarily coming to change the culture of the state. And even if they were, would that be a possibility? 
So too early to say, you know, we do, we are lucky. We talked about comparing Texas to California. We are kind of fortunate that we have the Southern California example to learn from because Southern California got very, very big, like got to the 10 million plus people in the LA Metro long, long ahead of the, what's, you know, the recent really fast growth in like the DFW and Houston metros. And they kind of messed it up as anyone who's tried to drive around uh, the, you know, the LA area can, uh, can attest. So maybe we can learn something from that. It's comfortable. It's affordable. Um, the people are just, the, the, like I said, the people are very friendly. We're very relaxed here, even driving, even with the traffic. It's not a hassle. You can go places, you can explore. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very happy here. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me on our podcast, Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones, original music by Michael Eisenstein, editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan. <laughs>